Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? That is called Non Shall Parters. Uh, it's taken from Ireland by Gilbert and Sullivan, and uh, you can see Ireland uh, performed by the Christchurch Gilbert and Sullivan Society in Shepshed over at Iveshead School Theatre, uh, the 1st to the 4th of November. And I'm very pleased to say it's not often I get a fairy on the phone. Um, it isn't, but uh, we've got one this morning, um, and uh, we've also got um, Phyllis as well. Ali Matthew Savage and Rachel Fitzpatrick from Christchurch Gilbert and Sullivan Society. Uh, good morning, how are you? We're good, thank you. Good morning. Mom. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad to hear, uh, to hear it. So, um, uh, is the rehearsals this afternoon for Ireland? No, we're back on Tuesday. Ah, so you get you get a Sunday off, and then you have to uh, talk to me on a Sunday morning. Well, you know, Absolutely. That, that'll, <laughs> that'll teach you. Um, so <laughs> now then, there are Gilbert and Sullivan societies all over the UK. In fact, all over the world. Um, so, why do you think Gilbert and Sullivan are still as popular as they are? I think um, I'll I'll go first on this one. <laughs> I think that it's because the the humour that's in the shows it's still relevant today. It still stands today. So I think that's one of the things that still makes them appeal. So in Ilanthi, for example, there's a lot of satirical humour around the House of Lords and whether it's right that the peers that are in the House of Lords are there by birth or whether it should be based on intelligence and. You know, these debates still happen, you know, right up until the current day. Uh, and I think it's also the music. I think it's so beautifully written. The harmonies. I think if you want to sing proper sort of chorus work and with four part harmonies, sometimes more, um, it's it's really challenging to sing. But it's so rewarding when you get it right. It's some of the songs. It's like that kind of goosebumps moment when it just sounds so good and it all comes together. And it all sounds so good when it's done live as well on stage. And as I say, you, you get the goosebumps and I get tingles and, and, and all sorts. Of, and as you say, you know, political humour um, is, it's never going to go away, is it? And people just love to laugh at politics and stuff. And, and Gilbert and Sullivan were so good at uh, blending great tunes with political humour, weren't they? Yeah, I think that's how they got away with it, really. You look yeah. at some of it now and you think they were a bit ahead of their time in some of the things that they were poking fun at. But I think because of the way that they did it and how it was set within these beautiful productions and you know lavish costumes and all this wonderful singing, <clears throat> I think that's how they did get away with it. Definitely. Now, this is part of the Savoy Operas. Uh, for anyone who are not aware of what they are, what are the Savoy Operas? Ooh. I'm not <laughs> oh, right. looking at each other like, oh, we're going to answer this one. Well, Gil- Gilbert and Sullivan used to perform at the Savoy, and it was Richard uh. Doyley Cart. Uh, it goes back over ooh, 100 years, and that's where they first performed. I believe they first did the Mikado, was one of the first um, in operators yes, yeah, yeah. that they performed there. So they're very much connected with the Savoy Theatre of that time, and you know, Richard Doyley Cart. Uh, yeah. that's 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 where it comes from. That's the answer then. So now, now Ali, we spoke to you, I think, last year um, re- regarding the Christchurch Guild and Sullivan Society. Uh, just remind us how you got into the society. What attracted you to it? Right, okay, it was my dad. So my dad loved Gilbert and Sullivan, and even as a little girl, he was probably singing Tip Willow from the Ricardo to me. So I was brought upon it, basically. And I went to see the Doily Cart as a very young girl. Um, I believe it was the Mikado, actually. 
Um, and I just was mesmerized by it and loved it. Um, Dad became ill in 2010, and unfortunately, I lost him in, we lost him in 2011. And um, I've been singing in pop bands. He goes, you wrecked your voice. So I wanted to, you know, to, to uh, um, you know, um, make him proud of me, basically. And I joined um, the Christchurch Gilbert and Sullivan Society in 2013, and we did Pirates, and I was a member of the chorus. And then um, I landed the role of Elsie Maynard the year after, which scared me to death. But um, yeah, but um, and I've played, you know, different roles since then. But I absolutely love the society and I still love Gilbert and Sullivan to this day. So yeah, that's proud. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I mean, he, w- he will be sort of dancing away uh, over there, he will, to, to this wonderful music. Rachel, what about yourself? How did you get involved? So I've been involved in the society for a very long time. Um, this current stint that I've done has been over 20 years, but I was in it prior to that from the age of about 14 um, and then moved away a couple of times. And each time I came back, I rejoined. Uh, so it was through my mum that I joined. Um, she was in the society, uh, quite new to the area. And she, through a friend, was encouraged to go along and join. And so some of my earliest memories from childhood are going and watching their shows Um and seeing my mum and various other family friends up on stage performing. Um, I've said to lots of people in the past, I remember it being quite a big deal when I was old enough that we could stay to the after-show buffet on the Saturday night. That seemed like a really big moment to me. And I had lots of other friends um, whose parents were in it. There was a real sort of group of us. So we all hung around together and had a good laugh. And then several of us joined with some other friends when I was 14 and we were seen as being old enough to join so for quite a few years, I was in it with my mum on stage and some really, really close friends. Um, and then my mum decided to sort of retire from performing, but she still comes back and helps with front of house and comes to watch our productions now. You see, it's never out of your blood, is it? You can never get, get rid of it once uh, you've got it into your blood. And this is what I love about musical theatre and, and anything to do with theatre is that it gets passed down um, through the generations and uh, it, it's just like passing the baton on, uh, really, and just keeping that sound alive, which, which I love about musical theatre. Um, anyway, tell us what Iolanthe is all about. So it's, as you, as you mentioned, I play a fairy in it, which is great fun. I'm looking forward to getting my costume this week and seeing what that looks like. Um, so the main character, the title role, Iolanthe, uh, she is a fairy who, in 25 years prior to the start of the show, she fell in love with um, and married a mortal, which is against fairy laws. Uh, And so really she should have been killed by the fairy queen, but the fairy queen decided to banish her instead, was slightly more lenient. So for all this time, she's been banished from fairyland and she was a very popular fairy. So everybody misses her. So the show opens with the fairies kind of mourning the fact that they don't have Iolanthe there anymore. Um, And they managed to persuade the fairy queen to pardon her and bring her back. And so she comes back and then we discover that she's got a son in his 20s, Strephon, um, who is half fairy, half mortal, which is, uh, creates some interesting dilemmas for him. Uh, and he is in love with Phyllis, which is Alison. <laughs> and Phyllis is a ward in Chancery, a ward of the Lord Chancellor. Um, and so they are both shepherd shepherdesses and Phyllis... Uh, Strephon is not seen as being, you know, sort of worthy enough of marrying the ward of the Lord Chancellor. 
uh, and all the other peers from the House of Lords are desperate to win her hand in marriage. Um, so if I perhaps hand over to, to Ali, if that's talking about her character. Yes, yeah. well, I'm Phyllis. So I'm, I'm madly in love with Stefan and we're betrothed to be married. Um, but um, yes, it's obviously, um, you know, against the law. Um, so Phyllis is called to, um, to, to, to meet the peers and the Lord Chancellor. And um, she has to choose between two of the peers. And one sings a beautiful song to her, Spur Not the Nobly Born. That's Ed Atkin, who's playing that part of Lord Talala. I can never say that word. And um, but then she announces to the House of Lords of the Peers that she is in love with someone else and betrothed to be married to Stefan. And she runs over to him. The Lord Chancellor is having none of it, and he sends her off with the peers, who are all very angry. He speaks to Stefan and tells him he cannot marry Phyllis. So Phyllis, uh, sorry, then Stefan runs to his mum in distress and speaks to his mum. Now, this is where it gets interesting because Phyllis and the two lords she's um, supposed to be marrying um, overhear his conversation. Well, it's like Chinese whispers, really. They get totally on end of the stick because Ilancy looks like a very young girl. She's probably 17 and Stefan's 25. And um, Phyllis feels that she has been well, cheated on, basically. So um, she agrees to marry one of the lords. And... Um, that's where I'm going to leave you because I think um, if we tell you too much more, nobody will want to come and see it. So. <laughs> no, I, 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 I know that everybody will want to come and see this. Everyone who loves deep, really good music uh, and a really good um, performance by, you know, sort of Gilbert and Sullivan's um, music, uh, it's going to be cracking. I'm, I'm just upset really that I can't get to see it I'm so busy that week uh, but I know I know this is the second time I've missed out third time lucky uh, I, I should be there year. next year mm-hmm. yeah so now you, you've touched on just how difficult um, and it's notoriously difficult um, the, the singing and the way Gilbert and Sullivan write really and uh, their patter songs and especially the Nightmare song which Al of course performs um, in this so I mean how difficult is it to actually sort of, first of all, get your tongue round some of the some of the lyrics uh, and everything, and uh, you know to, to understand just how the how the tune all goes together. Do, do you find it easy? Do you find it difficult to to perform Gilbert and Sullivan? I I find it uh, it, it is very difficult. Um, I just practice and go over and over and over the songs um, when I'm working, um, but it takes. I mean, it's we we rehearsed for six months. And it, they are incredibly difficult to sing. I mean, Sullivan was just brilliant, you know, writing, you know, writing the music and the words are so clever. And yeah, and trying to get the words, you know, to the music is, yeah, very hard. <laughs> See, I have, I, enough know, like tr- I have enough trouble yeah. talking, never mind anything else. You know, <laughs> so. but Rachel, Rachel what, what's sort of how, how uh, I mean, you've been doing this so long. Does it get easier to, to sing Gilbert and Sullivan? I think you do find um, you get into their style. So I think definitely the more of their operettas that you sing, the easier it becomes. Um, but they're, what they really love doing is that they will throw in, there'll be bits of sort of recurring tune and recurring lyrics, but then it will slightly change. And it just always seems that it's there to catch you out. So you think, oh, no, that time it's a short ending on that line or that time it goes up compared to the time before that we've sung it. Those kind of things are quite tricky. And sometimes, um, you know, I've sung, the, the I've been in the show I Lancy um, about fourth, this will be my fourth time, I think. Um, and 
you find that sometimes you might have learned something incorrectly in the past and then you're trying to re like correct that and that's really difficult because you're trying to unlearn a bad habit that you've you know acquired where perhaps you didn't have the timing right or you didn't quite sing the right notes in one little bit and you didn't realize at the time and then you come back to it and you're trying to to retrain yourself to do it properly well, to see all of these songs in Ilanthi um, performed and executed perfectly, uh, then what you need to do is pop along to Ives Head School Theatre, which is a lovely theatre, it's a really lovely theatre, uh, the 1st to the 4th of November in Shepshed. Um, how can people get tickets uh, to come and see you? So there will be tickets available on the door, so people can turn up to um, any performance, but it will be cash only on the door. Um, they can also email in advance to uh, book tickets. So it's Shepshed, G and S, the word and, A-N-D, uh, tickets, that's all one word, at gmail.com. Um, but all the information is also on our website, which is www.whatnever.co.uk. And our website address is a, a link to a GNS show. That's where that came from. <laughs> I was just thinking, what, never? there's a phone number as well but I, I can read that out but all the information is on our website so the box office phone number is 07790 marvellous stuff and uh, just, just easier to go to the website and sort it all out, out from there if you've not got a pen or a paper um, to, to write that down it's all there at the website um, so it's been lovely speaking to you two again, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to say I can't wait to see it, but I can't. <laughs> so, but uh, as I said, next time, next time I'm, I'm going to be there. I've missed too many of uh, Christchurch, Gilbert and Sullivan uh, Society's productions in the past. I need, I need to go and see. So, because I love Gilbert and Sullivan, so, so clever in their writing and so comical as well. So, thank- oh, we'd, love, we'd love to see you there. We'll, we'll consult yeah. your diary before we book the next show, shall yeah. we? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll get it in there. There, so, but uh, it's been lovely to speak to you. Have a lovely weekend and first uh, of the fourth of November at Ives Head School Theatre. Go along and see Ali and Rachel in Ireland Theatre, as well as everybody else, um, of, of course. So uh, have a great weekend and uh, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks having so much. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> Did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you. (laughs) 